Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. I am excited, Dave, that uh, I think you initially said we got to get Robin in. And I said, I haven't seen Robin since Santa Monica drinking wine, which means I love her because she loves Santa Monica and red wine at the same time. Um, And your company. Thank you, Rob. You're, 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 she's sweet as well, you know, and we've been trying to connect as well, but she's been not feeling so well. And uh, right before we press record, we're sharing our, our, our sick stories. But um, I miss the sick stories. But spiritually, guys... I think we're all healthy here. Right? Good. Yes. Are you both feeling that well? Do you know what? I'm feeling better now, but I've had this persistent cough. But I was saying to Greg, I think it's because I have two children under the age of two yes. running around my house. And that I'm will... probably not getting the rest that one would need in order to heal. Yeah. But I'm feeling much better now. So thank Thank you. Okay. Is your is your is your husband helping out in that he regard? He is fantastic. Good. Oh my gosh. He's, he's listening. Super dad. I know. That's why <laughs> you I just, you just put her. You put her on the spot. I, like that. I gave her an opportunity to plug Brent. What she just did. He is genuinely the best guy I could ever <laughs> ask for to help raise two girls. I'm telling you, he's is awesome. That right, eh? He comes home after work, and it's just mom gets her own time, and he takes care of the girls. It's bath time. That's it's story his, time with dad, and oh, they love cool. it. That is cool. Oh, now, now I'm being. Uh, uh, inspired or challenged to, to up my game. I'm wondering, would Jessica say the same thing about well, you? Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> we should get Jessica on as a guest, actually. That'd be we, awesome. But, uh, yeah, Is that wise? We, uh, I, I help out as much as I can uh, in that regard. I'm just not the best at, but I'm, I'm getting better at cooking. And I went grocery shopping yesterday and she wanted me to go to Costco and I... I forgot that they don't take Visa, so I ended up going to Superstore. And I got stuff that was totally not right, and it's because of lack of experience. But You're uh, sometimes You're it's learning. easier. Yeah, anyway, whatever. This they is not about me. They don't take Visa at Costco? No, they won't take uh, American Express and debit. Who knew? Well, who knew? So, uh, Robin Tingley, welcome to the, the podcast. Uh, back, do you want to do an official introduction? Back to St. John from California. Uh, uh, a woman that I learned a little bit about when we sat down and had coffee. We actually met at the Shadowlawn Inn initially um, at, a, at a, a corporate event of some sort, I guess, kind of is how I describe it. You That's know, a, it, right? A dinner. Sounds and, like fun. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and the people said, you know, they, they said, you should know these people guys. People said, you should and, talk. Yeah, we should talk. And so finally we talked. We sat down at coffee. And I heard all, I heard this really cool history. And I heard about this great con, or organization called Glass Sky that we want to learn more about today. But if we could, um, maybe you can give us just kind of like, how do you go, you know, St. John, California, back to St. John and, and a really cool stops in between. And then, you know, hanging out with globe trotters like Greg Hemmings, sipping and red Derek wine, Reedley. you know, it was, it was Derek and I who, uh, <laughs> and Derek had, Reedley. Had See, I mean, wine and with- that was the day when Derek said to me, I'm moving to California. That's right. I'm going to figure it out <clears throat> and look where he and is he now. Did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So raised in Campbellton. Um, with Brent, right? I think we had our first date when I was 11 years old. And we both ended up spending and starting our professional careers in St. John. And after about 11 years with MB Tal and then Alliant and then Bell Alliant, 
uh, and he was with the city. I um, I got a call one day out of the blue from the former CEO, Bella Alliant, Jay Forbes, who was running the European division for a technology distribution company called Ingram Micro. And he needed somebody to go over and for that division to be responsible for HR and communications. And it was 2008, and the recession was hitting Europe before it hit North America. He was grappling with some challenges there from a workforce perspective and wanted somebody that he had experience working with and trusted and it took me about 10 seconds to say absolutely. I thought this was a fantastic opportunity to learn about a new but relatively you know, close industry, but definitely to gain international experience that I really hadn't been deeply exposed to. Certainly, MBTAL Alliant, Bell Alliant, had interests and subsidiaries in different places around the world, uh, England, India, Ireland. But this immersed me fully. So moved there, uh, commuted. Brent stayed here. We didn't know how the European gig would go, so we didn't want to leave both jobs. Plus, we had been building our real estate business. As I think you both know, we invest in properties in Uptown St. John because we're big believers in the city and, and the Renaissance happening. So we just weren't sure that we wanted to leave all of that behind. So I went first and took an apartment in downtown Brussels. And three years later, I'm still there. And we had just decided that maybe one of us needed to make a move. And we were talking about perhaps him coming over to Europe. The company called and said, would you come over and lead HR for our North America division? which was the biggest division in uh, the company. And so that was attractive, but also it was in California. So just as far away from St. John, New Brunswick. But very different from Brussels, (laughs) right? We go from rainy and gray to the sun shining every single day. Very different atmosphere. And being uh, co-located with the worldwide headquarters of Ingram Micro was exciting too. Plus, California had interesting opportunities in the water sector, which was a perfect fit for Brent. So I think it took him about 24 hours to find a job. And he ended up leading one of the um, major plants in Los Angeles. And we were in California for over four years, four additional years. So um, then the babies came. Babies come, don't they? Babies change everything. Yeah, babies change everything. We hadn't planned to leave our jobs, but the pregnancy wasn't easy. The girls needed a lot of care after birth, and literally within a few weeks, we both just decided the best thing for them was to be near family, and the best thing for us was to relocate back to New Brunswick, where we would have the trust, the care, the environment with grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, and we were in that position comfortably enough to be able to just resign, uh, which was unexpected for both of our employers. Um, So we worked through appropriate transitions, which took a few months, but we came back for Christmas of of 2014. Wow. And and, and the whole realize you were back that long. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the whole time you would have had the real estate company... You know, we did. That's right. Here. We so, did. So, I mean, there was, it wasn't like you had kind of completely uprooted, as I understand it, right? No, that's right. Um, definitely still had those investments. We had hired a property management company when we were in California to manage those. And that went very well. We came back. In fact, we just purchased one last month here on Princess Street. So the commitment to cool. those investments remains strong. Good for you. Mm-hmm. So tell us about like Glass Guy. So how did that, how did this come about? Like, what, yeah. what's so, the, you know, throughout my fit? career, I'm leading HR. I'm a, I'm a young woman achieving some positions of, of leadership in a typical male-dominated industry of ICT, and I'm getting asked a lot to come and speak to aspiring female executives, speak to women's conferences, and I'm doing this for 
all of the years throughout my career here in, in Belgium, in California. It's a natural interest that's running alongside my career. And of course, in my career, I'm leading human resources. So what am I doing every single day? I've got walk-ins and I'm coaching people on their career. Mm -hmm. Something I love to do. There's nothing that excites me more than helping somebody tap into that power within themselves and seeing them light up and see the possibility of another career path or, or a potential skill unlock that they didn't know they had. So I come back and people know I've had this career. And people know I've got the HR knowledge, so they ask me to come in and speak to their women in leadership groups or coach uh, someone who is just about to move into the executive ranks. And I decided, it wasn't long before I decided, well, this should be its own organization. And so that's how Glass Sky was born, and Glass Sky is all about empowering girls and women. We do that in three different ways. So one is through the motivational talks, through the one-on-one -on -one coaching, the mentorship, all of that. The second arm is through investment. So we take profits and invest in scholarships for girls and women to pursue higher education and also in microloans for women entrepreneurs in developing countries. And the third arm is research, trying to add something new to the conversation. Um, we've got a lot of different projects people can read about on the website, but one of the most exciting things was we just finished a survey. We've had 700 women answer this survey across six continents, telling us what it is that they would like in their professional and personal life by way of balance, by way of training, skill acquisition, um, health, wellness, mindfulness, very interesting insights that we're analyzing right now. My goodness. So you, you've been um, just just sitting back and with your, your feet up enjoying New Brunswick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's part of her DNA, really. No, I'm not right. I like to keep a busy calendar. I'm interested in a lot of things. Do you know what comes to mind that's, um, I think, very relevant to this? So um, last week, I was um, I, I was part of the R three gala that the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation put on, which is a kind of, you know, really um, celebrating the the some of the um, research that's happening in our province. And uh, so I was part of a series of speakers um, uh, in the afternoon, and they had a, uh, an event in the afternoon where they got this guy from Coca Cola come up. To, it was really it was quite very well done. But the the, the guy from a uh, guy from Deloitte got up and he spoke about trends, and he talked. About all these sorts of trends and technology and everything. One of the things he's, he brought up, and this connects to our conversation here, was that um, he sees a re this massive gap, and, and you can speak to it um, better than anyone, actually, that in terms of um, the number of women working in IT. And, and he and he shows these graphs about, you know, in terms of, you know, who's educating and going into law, you know, who are becoming accountants, who are becoming physicians. And then and then he, he talking about the cultural challenges around, it, you know, and like what it, that's so I, I was just blown away when and then I started thinking about a work, a company I had worked with, an IT firm doing business development, you know, 10 years ago. And there was like, you know, one really experienced tough woman who worked in the company and the rest it was like 33 guys you know what I mean yeah I do know exactly what you mean um and that's why glass guy is focused on girls and not just women because it starts at a young age exposing girls to different career paths and choices so when you look at stem right science technology uh engineering math you want to make sure that girls have role models in those careers that they can see because you can't be what you can't see so an exciting project I'm happy to tell you about is just signed on with the YWCA. So the YWCA came to me, uh, Glass Sky, and asked if we would sponsor the Women of Distinction Awards taking place May 19th. I said, yes, but only if we get those women 
who are these role models, many of them in these different industries, non-stereotypical for women, right? And we get them in front of the girls. So I want to bring them out to the Boys and Girls Club. I want to bring them up to the students at UMB. So we're going to do that. We're also going to put on one a quarter where we take women role models in St. John who are exceeding, who are succeeding, excelling in these different interesting areas, and we put them in front of our girls. And our girls can see what that looks like, can ask them questions about education, career pathing, what's it like on many different dynamics. And then we start to plant the idea that that could be you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it starts. And then, so, and so what's the other side? Where, or what, I mean, I don't even know if there's an easy answer here, but it also sounds like culturally it's a bit you know, like you got this, like, how do you, how could one sector have so many, you know, be so male dominant and, and almost make it real, like, because they have this high, this incredible, like he gave these stats, an incredible amount of women that would come in and exit right. within one year, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think my sense was, and it was interesting because I was sitting beside a woman and she goes, that's why I left that, that industry. Yeah. And, so, you know, was, it's not just that industry. You're going to see women gravitate more towards education and the healthcare fields, right? You're going to see men in the IT, certainly in construction, lots of the engineering. This is where we focus on employer education. So right now we're doing diversity training with employers so that they understand not just what happens when you include women more in your workforce and in your decision-making ranks, right, what happens there that's of benefit, but all different minorities. So diversity means visible minorities. Diversity means figuring out the Aboriginal opportunity. Diversity means understanding our LGBT community, Um, our aging population in Atlantic Canada. We need to figure that out. We are dealing with workforces with four different generations, more complex than ever before. So I think employer education is a big part of changing that culture that you're describing so that proactively they can make changes in their talent management cycle to create opportunities for women. Right. But if we never have that conversation, status quo is really easy to keep. And we know that a more diverse employee base, you know, creates much more creative solutions. I mean, there's like really good research around this. And Definitely. and yet, like, so we, you know, I guess part of the mandate is let, not letting people, like really educating so they can't ignore it. Educating and helping them to understand the business case, because there is that argument that it's the right thing to do, to be most inclusive, to reflect the society that you're serving. But there's also the business case around, hmm, 85% of the buying decisions on the consumer side in the world are directed by women. They buy for the family. They buy for their aging parents. They buy for the charities that they support. They make all of the decisions around the food, the decor, even the technology often that comes in the house. As proven by your Costco <laughs> situation, which yep. and I would be guilty of that as well. I hate to say it, but it's so it's terrible. That's what? right. Yep. So if you are really marketing to a woman buyer in 85% of the cases or 90 well, maybe you ought to have women helping you figure out the strategies around that. So it does make business sense. Yeah. It, it's it's so interesting, too, because the uh, the documentary project that David Olson and I did, the Code Kids one, it was really neat because we went to Estonia to see what that country is doing in their education system from grade one to grade six with the whole STEAM, you know, throwing the arts into there as well. And what we saw in grade one and two and three was robotics, coding, um, and different engineering uh, uh, experiments going on across all of the subjects. There was no such thing as a a coding program in Estonia. They had computer uh, programming and coding in gym, in history. And it was just part of the DNA of all of their education. 
And it was so interesting to see how they they did it. But the real neat thing was that on the floor together, working with robotics, were boys and girls equally. And starting at that age, at grade one, the girls aren't, they don't know that this is typically a male-dominated uh, interest. And But why is it? Only because we've been streaming our kids, and I'm a product of this, probably all of us are in this room right here, uh, from a very young age, we're told what a boy is supposed to like and what a girl is supposed to like. And we've never encouraged it. Now, that being said, my two little girls love Lego, right? And there's a coding course coming up this summer. My little six-year-old is going to be in that. No problem. Like, we're starting to change things now. But countries like Estonia and Finland are way ahead. And what's going to happen in 12 years is those little kids, boys and girls, who were building these things and solving these problems together... They're going to come out at the other end, equal, 50-50, into the tech sector. And what's going to happen to these companies? They're going to have all this amazing new energy from from female workers that just never happened before. And their products are going to be different. And it's, a, it's really exciting. And it's not just in technology. Like you said, uh, architecture. I talked to Monica Dare uh, from Acre Architects, and she said there's hardly any celebrated female architects out there. And it's a real issue around the world. And, uh, and just by interesting... Side note, uh, Hemings says we're looking at doing a documentary about this very issue, but let's look at the different industries that are way off off balance for gender differences, like architecture, technology, film. You'll so rarely see uh, female cinematographers. You see some directors, but and especially in the technical side, very, very few. Uh, but why? You know, so we need to explore this stuff. So this is really cool. So this is the focus of of, of what you're doing right now. This Absolutely. Is- you know, one of the surveys we did was about adolescent girls. And a finding of that was the role of guidance counselors. Mm, brilliant. So like how they direct. And- That's exactly right. So you make me think of that when you talk about streaming and how we're streaming our kids. So if guidance counselors are exposing girls to a career path and exposing boys to a career path, and maybe those are the traditional paths, how do we help them do a better job of opening up that world, right, and and blowing those stereotypes up and making sure that everybody's got that fair opportunity no matter what the industry. And those role models and celebrating those role models, really, really key, because, again, you can't be what you can't see. That's right. And then it goes back down to... What we talk about to most of our guests is story. You know, it seems like today we've had a number of these dialogues. What type of stories are we going to tell? Um, these guidance counselors aren't going to figure out what's going on until they hear the stories. Talking to Wendy McDermott last week about the women and the girls that United Way is helping through different programs. Nobody's going to know where to put their donation dollars until they know the stories of these these people. So I, I think this is the year where we are going to start seeing, well, I'm starting to see it right now, but we're certainly not going to solve the gender inequality gap in the workforce this year. But I think this is the year where pop culture, mainstream dialogue is going to start recognizing this as a major priority. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Do you know Allison Queen? Do either of Fair you know well. Allison? Well, high school of yes. Allison. All right. Well, yeah. we love Allison. <coughs> Let me tell you about the uh, new Hi, project Allison. that <laughs> the new project that Allison's working on. So, uh, she's just signed on with Glass Sky to be a guest contributor to work on a six-part series called Soar. Soar is going to showcase remarkable women 
in very different industries. We're going to tell their story, and then we're going to create a discussion guide for parents and teachers and an ebook, and we're going to distribute that for free to our schools, to the Boys and Girls Clubs, to these types of associations, because those are the stories that you're talking about that our parents and teachers need to know about to be able to tell. You got it. You nailed it. And when we think about, and again, these, these interviews are not about me at all, but when we think about the stories that that our company has been telling. You, you, can, it's you, got, can, you can push back. Like, like, the, like the Millennial Dream that you just watched. Congratulations. Thank Fabulous. You, thank you. And Millennial Dream is not for millennials. If millennials watch our film, they'll be, they'll be like, yeah, cool. And that's that's been the response. It was like, yeah, all right. And, and I, I might ask them, are we on target? Are we BS? They're like, oh, yeah, it's okay. The people who are we built that film for was Gen X and uh, Baby Boomers to say, just let's look for a second at what the reality is. It's not that uh, the millennials are guiding this uh, this effort because there's a lot of Gen X and a lot of baby boomers that believe in all of these concepts of equality and community, sustainability. It's just that the millennials are, are born with this. It's in their DNA. So for those of us who are running businesses and organizations and we're not paying attention to that, these are the dinosaurs that are really holding places like Atlantic Canada back. So that's... It's the stories we need to tell to those generations, I feel. Yeah. How, how is it, the, like, you know, one thing I always wonder, like, how is it that in 2016 we're even, like, this is even an issue? Well, like I said, this is the year, though. I feel, I really feel this is the year. No, no, but me, me, what I'm meaning be. that, like, wouldn't you just hope that we'd be so, this would be so, like, that's so to 1990 or something. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, like, and and I'm, and, and, and it is an issue. I don't, don't get me wrong. I understand that. Like, I mean, it's... You know, but I'm just shocked sometimes by what I learn, and I go, "Frig, am I that naive?" Can, and, I, can I respond to that? Yeah. Um, think about the food that we eat. Like ten years ago, I I would not like. Who cares what what you put in your body? We are so much more enlightened today. Now, I'm not talking about Robin. She probably had beautiful, awesome, healthy food all her life. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, so, so many things are evolving in my mind, uh, for the positive right now that like 10 years ago, we wouldn't think to, to shop local first, even though I discussed Costco earlier, but there's a very specific reason why I had to go to Costco. Um, here's what, here's what I mean by that though. I mean that, 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 you know, like it's shocking to find out that equality doesn't exist. Like you, you know, like, I mean, you know, you assume going through life because I mean the, like the, I, I now, Maybe I have some biases that I'm unaware of, but for the most part, if I look at the people I've worked with, there are an equal number of men and women. Like, you know, just for me, my yes, personal Yes, but you life. are privileged, and that's why you're shocked. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is when our reality is equal, and to the millennials it will be, right? They're the generation that gets it, and I think they're going to just catapult the whole feminist movement, which is why we want to support millennials. They understand it. They will make policy changes that are exactly what we need, and they'll catch us up. But we all live in a very privileged environment, privileged as in we're relatively comfortable, we got a nice roof over our heads, we can earn a good income, we can afford that nice food you're talking about, and things look pretty much equal to us. So is there really a problem, right? We're kind of shocked to hear there's a problem. But when we back up, we look at this on a global scale, 
there's mass inequality. Mm -hmm. And some of those leaders from some of those countries are finding their way into leadership positions in international companies, but not maybe bringing progressive ideas about equality with them. So we need to educate them. We need to educate their teams. And so I think there's still a lot of work to do when we look globally, which is why a part of Glass Sky is helping with microloans in developing countries, because it's not just about feeding the agenda that's already nicely accelerated in our own backyard. It's maintaining that and supporting that to be stronger, but it's also figuring out other parts of the world because our world is so small. I mean, you're in Estonia for Pete's sake, right? Mm -hmm. Where will you be next week? So I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't, for real. Well, and, and it and, takes generations. You know, and, that's and, the and, other thing. And, it and, takes generations. And so, that, so that's the naive part of me speaking clearly. Um, because I, I tell you, I am, and, and it's interesting, and you and I talked about this uh, when we had coffee, Robin, and I think, Greg, you can relate to this, maybe on some level, but you become much more um, connected to the issue when you have a daughter. And not to say that's the reason, but you you become much more aware of what your daughter may or may not, you know, like, like when, so, so for, I'm hypersensitive to when she's saying, I want to be a teacher. Well, her mom's a teacher, so it makes sense. But what else would you want to be? You know, and like, would you ever want to be a physician? Because your aunt's a physician, you know what I mean? And, and, um, would you want to be a judge? Cause your grandfather, you know, like you get, like you try to get, like think like, but so you become hyper aware and I mean, do you find that as having daughters or have you always been well, a disavowed guy? Well, I think for guy? the privileged and uh, I'll claim uh, the ignorant too, we're a very ignorant generation. Uh, uh, we were brought up in a pre-internet. Uh, I say we, but myself. So really, it's been really wild the last 15 years kind of, you know, seeing my worldview change, you know. So, but having daughters, Honestly, like it, that's that's been a gift for me to think totally different about how we look at, and it's a selfish perspective in a good way. I mean, like, if I had little sons, would I be thinking so carefully about the future state of of girls? I would be, but probably not as acutely as I am now. You know, so it's really good to have these these discussions. And like I say, I really feel this is going to be the beginning. Of a very much more like uh, the early adopters have done a great job. Now we're to the early majority, and I think pretty soon, like you say, the millennials are going to bring it up to uh, the majority conversation. How, how do um, so people that are interested in Glass Sky and are you know saying, "Geez, I'm listening to Robin. Man, she sounds very cool." How do they learn about more about? Or how can they can contribute? How can they connect? How do they interact with you? Yeah, just come to glasssky.org. And my email contact information is there. Call me, reach out, um, and we'll have a conversation. We can tailor anything to anybody's needs, whether we're talking to a, a younger adolescent audience, whether we're doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with a female executive, or just a company that is interested in understanding diversity and how it can better embrace differences in the workplace. So that's how. Thanks, great. Now, um, I brought this tool out. You have a guitar. Uh, I know, I was wondering, are we at time? Is this <laughs> how you tell people it's over? Yeah, we're, we're definitely, <laughs> well, I've never seen this either. We're definitely so at time. This is, this is, till, and I'm thinking. Want, I, want, I want you to guess what song I'm playing right now. <laughs> Robin, it's for you okay. to guess. T tell me if you recognize it. Happy birthday, dear Boiling Point. Happy birthday to, to you. You are our 100th podcast guest, Robin. Woohoo! It's the first time playing that. guitar on the Boiling Point. Well done. Yeah, you guys. so we're 100, we're 100 weeks old. 
100. That's and fantastic. What, what a way to hit 100, eh? There you go. Thank you for sharing time with us. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you. And you looked nervous <laughs> when he brought the guitar out, and so did I, because I... I and like, what's that guy going to do? God, I love you, Greg. I'm glad you remembered that. It has been 100. It's incredible. And we've had, I, I, and that's amazing. They've all been exciting conversations It was Kevin like Bellier was our first. David yeah. Olsen was our second. Yeah. Who, um, Michelle Logier was our third. Yeah. So And now we've got Robin Tingley as our 100th. So happy to be here for I this wish milestone. We, why didn't we have a bottle of champagne here for... Oh, I could have well, stopped. Well, there was... There, <sighs> I, 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 heard our, I heard our guest was going to bring one. Or some red wine from oh, California. Wait now. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't part of the contract. That's right. <laughs> no, of course okay, not. Okay, rain course. check. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming. We really, uh, really appreciate My it. Pleasure. And uh, I'm so glad you're back in the city, even though you've been here for thank a while. You. So, thank can you. we actually have a glass of wine sometime soon? We can have a glass of wine and we can give you a tour of our new place on Princess Street. Excited for this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well done. All well, right. I'll invite myself along. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Robin. We'll, <laughs> Thanks, see, you, we'll see you on the 101th Happy uh, episode here, Dave. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, Visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.